another episode of the Aquatic Mentors podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Van Eyck, and in this episode, I interview an industry professional who has spent her whole life in the aquatic industry and has been surrounded by swimming greats since birth. My guest is the daughter of an Olympic champion and a lifetime swim coach. She was named after an Australian distance swimmer and she is married to another swimming legend. So please extend a big welcome to the podcast for Karen Bailden. Karen grew up at the Palm Beach Olympic pool, walking the deck with her mother who coached the squad kids and her father, sprint champion and gold medalist at the Mexico Olympic Games for the 100 and 200 meter freestyle. She helped her mother coach teaching butterfly to the other swimmers when she was eight years old. She won state medals as an age group swimmer while also training in ballet. The pool eventually won during her back into the water where she has built an amazing career and legacy. Karen married Commonwealth champion Andrew Bailden and when Andrew retired from competing on Australian teams for 10 years, In 1996, they opened their first swim school at 24 years of age. They now run five privately owned indoor facilities in southeast Queensland and this year celebrate 25 years of the Superfish Swim School brand. The husband and wife team are very hands-on with their facilities and love to be involved with everything from construction to marketing building and training their team to the front desk and even scrubbing out the change rooms. After a big health scare in 2011, Karen has had to rebuild her strength and fitness and prides herself on what she has been able to achieve. Through Karen's episode, through today's episode, Karen shares some insights into her work as well as her thoughts on swimming and where she sees swimming moving to into the future. Please share the hidden gems you find in Karen's interview on the Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors, and you will find all her contact details listed at the end of the show notes. If you want to share your aquatic journey, please contact me via my email, regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. I'd love to be able to share your swimming journey with my audience. I have launched a selection of masterclasses which cover a variety of topics relating to swim teaching and coaching at the Regional Swim Clinics Training Academy. These courses can be found on my website, regionalswimclinics.com.au, and by clicking on courses in the menu. All the courses are designed to be easy on your wallet and time while giving you a wealth of knowledge to take and implement in your next lesson or squad session. So let's dive in and find out about Karen's journey in swimming. Uh, So Karen, how did you start your journey in swimming? Well, that's an interesting one. I, I suppose I was pretty much born into swimming. My dad was a Australian sprint champion, Michael Wendon. And I suppose he's probably most famous for winning the 100 and 200 metres freestyle at the Mexico Olympics. He also won nine Commonwealth Games gold medals. So I will literally, when I was a baby, I can, and a young child, I can remember being around, you know, swimming great. And my mother or is also a swimming coach. 
I was born in Sydney and my father and mother were obviously from Sydney. And when I was about five, we moved to the Gold Coast to run the Palm Beach Olympic pool. And that was my home for my childhood. I was an age group swimmer, but during that time uh, of swimming, I met my best friend and I also met my husband who were both of Australian representative swimmers. And yeah, so I, I met him as an age grouper and then we reconnected when he retired. And then after he retired, we opened our first 18 metre swimming pool. And it was, you know, trials and tribulations as we were both 24 years old at the time. So there was lots of learning, lots of watching, lots of visiting other programs and before, I suppose it was about six to eight months, we had a wait list for our classes. So that's really how I got into the learn to swim industry. Wow, that's amazing. Being brought up with champions and then having a champion as a father, as a swimmer, and also a coach as a mother. I think you had no other prospect of as life <laughs> of swimming. I didn't actually have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Especially especially with with my mother as the genius god coach. And yeah, it was down in the pool twice a day, every day for my entire childhood. (laughs) And I was was a pretty good age group swimmer. I used to, you know, medal at state and things like that. But my passion was always at the time in dancing and I was a ballerina and yeah, loved everything theatrical. So, you know, and I never, ever thought that it had come full circle and that I'd be back in the in the learn to swim industry. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how come, can I ask, was there a, a difference or was there something that sent you more to ballet than swimming? Was swimming just because it was everything you did already? As a child, I was just into anything and everything that was theatrical. And I suppose that's why I absolutely love teaching babies and toddlers at the moment. It's sort of, you know, I get to get to be my inner diva. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I suppose when my husband, Andrew, retired from competitive swimming, he was on Australian swimming teams for 10 years. And when he retired, it was like we both... it it was innate with us we both knew it and knew swimming even then we knew it so well and we had a really good base that we could learn and grow and here we are 25 years later you know five facilities and yeah it's been our our entire adult life has been in the learn to swim industry so that's amazing to be able to come from that and then build yeah like you said the entire life in it have those facilities and to be expanding. And like you said, in six months, having a wait list to get into your facility when you first started. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that we were onto something at that, at that point. I remember us sort of going, oh, maybe, maybe we are actually onto something here because right from the get go, we were very, very conscious of how important stroke technique was. And I, from a very young age or very young adult, was very passionate about uh, drowning prevention with with babies and toddlers. So, yeah, I I think that with those two sides of things, with the stroke correction side of things and and the baby and toddler swimming, it was a really good base for us to come up with a really good program. That's fantastic to have that knowledge and to be able to bring that in and build on it and to be into such a good program. I think that's fantastic. You've taken that opportunity and 
it's meant that a lot of swimmers can come through and become water safe because you've taken your passion and your life and built it into such a fantastic program and swim school. Oh, thank you. Thanks. So I like how you said the theatrical part comes into your life. Did that help your swim teaching and your swim school in any other way apart from the babies? Absolutely. I, as a part of my training with my team, I talk to them a lot about, you know, you might have had a, a, a rubbish day before you come into work, but really in our jobs, a part of what we do is that we are on song. I liken it us to airline hostesses. And if an airline hostess has had a bad day, they're not going to show that when they're on a flight with you. And it's the same with Learn to Swim teachers. You could have all sorts of things going on in, in the background or in your personal life. But when you come in and you're teaching babies and toddlers and you're teaching young children, you are on song and those children are everything that, you know, in that class. And yeah, and I, I suppose that side of it with our teachers is, you know, that they come into work and they're there for the kids and they're there for babies and, and children and we're there to make them have the best experience that they can. I really like that and that's something I say as well. Like you leave that baggage at the door and you come in and you, if you've had a bad day, you pretend to be another person and take on that persona, that character. Yep. Um, I was running a course at a facility in Geelong and the lady said you come in and you become a Sesame Street character. Right. Yeah. And you do anything to get down on their level. I think that that is a really important skill is to bring your personality, bring that inner diva and relate to a two-year-old, relate to a four-year-old. And there's a real skill to that with Learn to Swim teaching to, to really get down on their level. I love that. And yes, inner diva is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so do your father and mother get involved in the swim school? My mother was a junior squad coach for us for many years and they're actually about to move out to the country in wine country and uh, they're running an Airbnb and so another whole phase of their of their life and wow. you know from from my mother's perspective she's basically been coaching since she was 15 years old and she's in her 70s now so wow. I think uh, she well and truly deserves to to move on to the next <laughs> the next chapter <laughs> of her life <laughs> that's right time to move on and start a fresh yeah, and absolutely and why not when you're 70 get out there and do yep. something new for sure Wow, what an amazing legacy to hand on. And then you guys are doing that with your children and the, the children you teach as well. Thank you. Yeah. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned in your journey? I think the biggest lesson for me is that uh, I probably should have started out with a psychology degree. <laughs> um, it, uh, it would have come in handy uh, in that about 50% of what I do in our swim schools is HR related. Uh, so no, the biggest lesson would probably be to never assume anything. Yeah. Never assume that that everyone that you come into contact with has the same morals and honesty that you do. You know, never think, oh, I would never do that. And, you know, some people that I've come in contact with, whether they're developers, landlords, some swim instructors or our customers leave you absolutely dumbfounded. I like to work on 90%, 10% rule in that 90% of the people that you come into contact with in the swimming industry are absolutely awesome, beautiful families. 
but 10% of the people that you come into contact with are, are just jerks. And it's really, really difficult dealing with the public and parents in the swimming industry. It's really hard. So I suppose another lesson is that, you know, don't take things too much to heart. I've developed a much thicker skin than I think that uh, I had early on. You know, you'd find me out the back of the swim centre sometimes crying my eyes out with uh, <laughs> abuse that I've, I've copped that day. But yeah, my, my skin's a lot thicker than what it used to be. Yeah, and I like that. And that's reality as not everyone's going to be nice as we are like we do it for our passion and the thrill of teaching the kids and giving them that water safety but not everyone sees it that way I think as well that from my point of view or for from a lot of people in the learn to swim industry is that you do have a love for children at the heart of it all and it you know, it, it could be a real blow when people challenge that. So you're there for the kids. And at the end of the day, that's that's what you're there for. Yep. And that's the thing. You are there for the kids and you're there to build them and give them that skill. And then it's so unfortunate when parents or just the public get on to you and take things in their own hands and I think push past the limits. And it is a shame, but it is something that we have to deal with in the industry because we have to deal with people. Yep. We're dealing with parents and the public. Yeah, and it's it's sometimes very, very difficult. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame, but I think, yeah, it's something we're not going to push past. And I think as times become more trying and there's more things and more pressure and more stress becomes more apparent, and I think it's up to us as well to put that information or give that information to our swim teachers and show them that, you know, as in reality, swim teaching is not all shiny things and roses and wonderful there are points that we've got to deal with and how do you deal with those circumstances but that the good outweighs the bad absolutely as I said you know 90% of people that you come in contact with are absolutely beautiful and you know beautiful families and that sort of makes all of it worthwhile with those odd people that you meet that aren't so nice (laughs) (laughs) And it's sad to think that we have that sticker skins and we can build and grow past. And I do the same. I go down the back of the pool and, yep. and jump straight back in and start teaching and with and a big smile on your face. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing what we do. So what's been the highlight of your swimming journey so far or is there a number of different highlights? I think the one of the biggest highlights for me was opening our swim centre at Benoa on the Gold Coast. That site was a dream of mine for over 15 years before it actually came off. Yeah. We worked on the negotiations for over 10 years. The deal fell over two or three times. Uh, I poured so much blood and sweat and tears into that facility, developing it, building the pool, choosing the team, the fit out everything and building your clientele and I always say my my swim schools are like my other children <laughs> but our Benoa facility that one sort of holds a special place in my heart uh, because it was such a dream for me that I'd visualized for so many years it was a, a massive massive financial risk but I always thought that we could make it work uh, I really didn't have any doubts and I would have done anything not to make it fail. So it was a real personal achievement. I suppose the other th- highlight that stands out was uh, being asked to present last year at the World Aquatic Devel- Development Conference in Sweden on our baby and toddler program. 
that was absolutely fantastic. And just talking to like-minded people from around the world and about exactly that, about the baby and toddler program was just incredible at just having that insight. So yeah, it was, it was a real honour. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Two fantastic highlights that shows your first one shows the determination, the skill, and the like you said, the blood, sweat, and tears that you've put in to make a dream come true. And that has come true and it has become a, a great success. Congratulations on all that hard work and making it as amazing as it is. Thank you. And then also number two, to be able to share that knowledge and like you said, talk and share with like-minded people the recognition that you get from knowing that your program, you know, is up to scratch and, and viewed by all as a, such a great program. And that we, as we spoke about earlier before recording, was you know, being able to learn off of other people and going to that conference, you would have learned so much, but also shared so much as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I came away with so much knowledge and got to talk to so many people about swimming we just talked swimming for you know 10 days <laughs> so it sounds uh, like my dream of my husband's nightmare yeah. <laughs> in that regards does it make it easier having a husband that's been a swimmer and involved in you both being such prominent in the aquatics industry is it easier to come home and be able to talk swimming and not get annoyed about it or do you try and put that aside when you're at home Yeah, it's interesting in that we are both so heavily involved in swimming and in different capacities as well. He brings certain things to the table that I can't and I bring certain things to the table that he can't. And I suppose we've always worked really well like that, especially when it comes to the swim schools. And, you know, we we just bring uh, different expertise, different elements to, you know, our swim program. But it is very difficult of a night time to switch off. (laughs) Um, You you do find that's all you do talk about is swimming and and the swim school. And it's like, hang on, (laughs) I'm sure we can talk about something else here. uh, Yeah, yeah, it does, I suppose, dominate our lives, definitely. I love that though, but yeah, to recognise that we need to stop now. Yeah. Let's find another interest. (laughs) So was there anyone that played a big role in your swimming journey? You've spoken about your parents and your husband as well. Is there anyone else that's made a, a big impact on you? I always love listening to Australian swim coach, Dennis Cottrell, uh, talk swimming. He's a a really close friend of mine. So I've listened to him for many, many years on different swimming topics. He's an absolute legend. He's retired now, but uh, I think Australian swimming is absolutely mad if they don't use him in some like mentoring capacity for up and coming coaches and young swimmers. His knowledge on stroke technique is second to none. And I could listen to him for hours. The other one that comes to mind is Australian representative and Swim Australia board member, Darren Lang. He's a very good friend of mine. He was there for us in the beginning and I used to pick his brains all the time. (laughs) Now we quite often bounce off each other. I'll call him, he calls me. We have lots of discussions about learn to swim. It's, It's actually lovely to have someone like him 
that we can bounce off off information and you know, talk about swimming as much as we do. So, yeah, I, I, there are lots and lots of uh, people that are in the swimming industry that I would consider mentors, but those two in particular, you know, I love listening to both of them. Yeah. Wow. What a knowledge base to be able to pull from and to understand, like you said, bounce ideas off and just to be able to improve yourself, but you're a business and everyone else around you from the knowledge you gain from both of those amazing swim industry experts. And yeah, definitely with Dennis, I think uh, it's the exact same thing. We need to be able to ask these people, you know, to be mentors and take their knowledge and have that transferred to our younger swimmers and kids coming through and our swim teachers and coaches because mentorship's been proven as a, a valuable resource. And I think that's something we can do so well in Australia. We have such a laid back, you know, mentorship in our normal life as it is. So to be able to influence that in our industry and make it bigger and better, and especially as we go through to the Gold Coast Olympics in 2032, anything we can do to enhance our instructors, our coaches and our new generations coming is going to be absolutely vital to absolutely get our good and, and that sort of knowledge, you know, particularly with someone like Dennis Cottrell, is just invaluable. He's one of the greats. And it it just doesn't come along often. And I think we need to be talking to him and and picking his brains as much as possible with lots of different things when it comes to competitive swimming. Yeah. I'm going to have to get both of them on the podcast then, I think. Absolutely. We'll have to work (laughs) on it together. (laughs) Might be a four-hour episode on them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, God, get Dennis Dennis going. Yeah, it will be a four-hour podcast. (laughs) I love it though and just there's so many people like that in the industry that have had years of knowledge and in some way they fade into the background that we need to get some way of capturing that and then sharing that knowledge with others yeah absolutely yeah I love that so what advice do you give to new swim teachers and coaches coming into the industry that they're not going to be in this position in 12 months time they're going to be a much better teacher or coach and 12 months after that they're going to be better again and 12 months after that they're going to be better again if they've got the right attitude and they can soak up as much knowledge as possible they need to leave their egos at the door especially ex-swimmers I I always say just because you're a, a good or great swimmer does not mean you're automatically going to be a good swimming coach try and grasp as much insight and skill from as many people and mentors in the industry as you can. Watch and learn, ask questions. I always say there's a reason why we do everything and there's no stupid question. Ask why. You have to ask why. It's my favourite word. And ask questions of, you know, you may agree or may disagree, but at least you understand why a coach is doing a particular thing that they're doing or why a swim teacher is doing a particular drill there should be a reason for everything that you do in the swimming industry I love that exact knowledge that these guys need to learn as they come into the industry why is a massive thing you need to understand this stuff you need to ask why if you don't know there's no you know we spoke about it before the recording there's no stupid question it is about finding out if you don't ask why you don't find out no one's going to come up and miraculously tell you everything exactly when you need to know it. 
we don't know what each other's thinking and you need to take the initiative as a teacher and a coach to be able to delve into that information. And we've just spoken about using these people that have the skills and the knowledge in our industry and asking them why and how we can, and, you know, taking that information and absorbing it and using it in our own and adapting it in our own way. I think that's exactly straight to the point of what we need to do and definitely there is no stupid question. I think that's fantastic. All right. And I, I love people asking questions. The more questions, the better. And straight away you go, mm, okay, they're, they're going to be great. They're going to be good because they've got that willingness to learn. And, you know, I, I think that that is the very first step that uh, both swim teachers and new coaches need to need to adapt. They're inquisitive. I love it when the swim teacher is inquisitive. I've been yeah. working with some of the girls I've got here and we're just running a summer program, so we're about to start opening up. And I've had a few parents come to me and say they want to put their kids into swimming lesson for fitness and the skill, but the kids don't actually want to do it. They've gotten to the age where they're 13, 14, um, the kids don't want to do laps. And I put to my swim teachers, I said, okay, what can we do that, mm-hmm. you know, we do half an hour lessons, so maybe 10 minutes on strokes and stroke correction so they still have to do laps in some way but then what can we bring in for the next 20 minutes that's going to give them a skill going to give them water confidence but also it's going to be fun for them and I put it out to the three that I have in my swim school that I work with and one of them come back and she's like okay how are we going to do this what age why do they want to do it what do their parents want to get out of it and I just went oh my gosh this girl is so onto it She's asking me questions. She's training at university to be a speech therapist. And I'm like, damn it, I want to get you as in my swim, you know, running swim schools in aquatics full term because, you know, and she's going, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to be working out and trying to put ideas together. I think that's fantastic. Wonderful. So that initiative at 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also want to touch on your point as well when you're saying that just because you've been a great swimmer, doesn't make you a great coach or teacher Mm. I really like that I think it takes a lot to be able to break down the skills you absolutely hit the nail on the head it's very very different the body position the head position all sorts of things from elite swimming and breaking it down for learn to swim and I'm quite often challenged on that and I'm my answer to that is hang on we're taking teaching basic learn to swim here and it is very very different to what an elite swimmer would would have swum like yep and that's the thing they their muscle memory the way their body works is they just know straight away how to do it to then break them down and have to deal with the fault when I get people in the pool doing training sessions for courses and they say, okay, now you're going to swim this stroke, but you're going to have some sort of fault that's common for the kids. They then can't understand how the kids swim with that fault. Yep. I think, well, this is what you've got to understand that this is commonplace. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always say that's the difference between a good teacher and a great teacher is a good teacher can always read a lesson plan and always understand the drill But a great teacher will understand the reason why we're doing that drill and what faults to look for in that particular drill. And and that is very much the difference between a a teacher that just lets swimmers have bad habits swim past them and a teacher that actually corrects faults as they go. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's perfect. That's it. It's you've got to understand why they're doing it and not just doing it for the for the fun or a skill. And I always say the same thing. You've got to have that understanding why you're doing this drill because someone's going to ask you. That's right. What are they getting out of that drill? The kids want to know why they're doing a drill. Why are they in the pool doing this? You know, especially following that black line can get quite boring. So, you know, why am I here doing this? You need to influence and radiate that to the kids of what this skill is going to give to you. Yep, that's right. Yeah. I love that. That is perfect. And to be able to break it down and then be able to teach it. I always say, like you said, you're as a teacher and coach, you're giving them the basics. It's up to them then also to develop that individuality in the stroke on top of it. But once you get it, it's then hard to come back to those basics and teach it to someone else. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. I'm loving the fact that we're on the same plane. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> and I love these podcasts. I talk to people and I start going, oh, I can't do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so for you, what does swimming look like into the future? For competitive swimming, I'm really excited about the ISL. That's the International Swimming League. And I'm really interested to see what that's going to do for elite competition swimming. Mm -hmm. They make it exciting. They make the sport of swimming exciting. Um, And I actually haven't been to one of their meets yet, but I can't wait till we can travel again that I can uh, go to an ISL meet. For the future, I, I think that our current crop of Australian representative swimmers are just such awesome role models for the sport and for age groupers coming through. And I also think for the, for the Learn to Swim arena, I personally am always working on how we can make things better, how we can make things easier for new mums and and families, how we can make lessons more enjoyable, how can we keep longevity in the sport of swimming and in Learn to Swim, how we can, you know, be more productive in our lessons with with what we're teaching. And, you know, I always think that we can get better, you know. And look, in the future, I'd love to see more acknowledgement and support for grassroots swimming in swim schools across Australia. That's where our champions are made. And I think that, you know, swim schools need to get so much support because, you know, that's the grassroots for us, for this sport. So well put. And it is the grassroots that we're the champ. The swim school's building the champions. They've got to keep them engaged and encouraging to then transfer them to the competitive swimming. And then the competitors got to take over and keep them engaged and determined to swim to make that challenge of becoming the next Olympians. I really like that. I really like it. You can see the big picture that it follows through and that that support needs to be there. How can we do that? Do you have ideas on how we can support? It's a really difficult question when our sport is faced with the popularity of so many kids' activities nowadays. Yeah. When it comes to learn to swim, it still amazes me with all the parental education out there, how many parents don't see learning to swim in this country as a priority. And I still see this, as you would have seen this, in our school swimming programs where there's over half of grade one children, when they come in for school swimming programs, can't save themselves. It just, it frustrates me um, with all the terrific initiatives that our industry provides I do think that funding has a lot to do with with it for parents. Swimming is an expensive sport, especially 
you know, when you've got age groupers now that are wearing skins and six and seven hundred dollar togs for for 12 year olds it's you know it's an expensive sport and learn to swim's expensive squads are expensive there's a few state governments around our country that have started these the swim voucher programs I really think we're going to see a massive uptake in those states in the swimming industry we really need the other states come on Queensland (laughs) to follow suit as, an, as a competitive sport, I'd love to see, and I think we need to use our Australian dolphins and really promote them as much as we can as, you know, the heroes that they really are. You're probably too young, but do you remember back in the 80s and 90s when our swimmers were and the Ironmen were all over our cereal packets yes. and we the sports cards and, you yeah. know, they were heroes. But unfortunately, it does come down to sponsorship and those sponsors and Australian swimming need the current and post dolphins to mix as much as possible with our grassroots swimmers and our young kids. I saw actually just, just yesterday, I saw that Megan Nay and Lisa Jones were doing a clinic up in Northern Queensland. And, you know, I think that sort of thing, the more that we can do that, it's just fantastic to engage communities. And, you know, you, you were talking before about regional communities. And if we have as many swim clinics with, you know, post-Australian representatives, that would be a huge initiative to, to get children into the sport more. You know, as I said before, the the groundswell has to come from grassroots. You know, it comes from our communities and, you know, it comes from Learn to Swim and our swimming clubs. Yeah, I really like that. And it's something, an example here in Victoria, AFL is amazing with bringing out their players to regional areas and running clinics and things like that. AFL is built on a business. It's built to make money. And I understand swimming isn't built like that. But I think there's a lot more we can do as an industry to encourage and get our pro swimmers and our pro athletes involved and inspiring these younger grassroots kids and getting them in the swim schools and also inspiring our teachers and our coaches to continue and follow that path. Absolutely. Um, How I'd be interested to find, I suppose, your husband and yourself and also coming from your father being an Olympic medalist, you would have spoken about it in some way. And I think as an outsider, we can sit here and say, oh, you know, we'd love our Olympians and people to do this and to do that. How can we as an industry and also just a common swim teacher or a coach or a swim school owner that hasn't had that connection with an Olympian or a Commonwealth swimmer, how can we ask them to get involved but not be rude and, you know, not put them on the spot and understand the fact that they still need to make money and they still need to, you know, have a life outside of swimming. And they still need to compete. If you're talking the current crop of, of athletes as well. Yes, um, definitely. And, you know, that that's why I think we need to invest in some of our post, you know, recently retired um, Olympic athletes and things like that. that yeah. But, you know, it, it does need to come from our governing bodies. It needs to come from our state organisations. It needs to come from our national organisation. That's the way that it needs to be handled. Yeah, that's good. Cause I'm just interested for the fact that, you know, yeah, we speak about how can we do it, and but I think it does need to come from that higher initiative that we start off and show them the respect that they 
should be given, but um, it comes from that high level and builds down as well. We can do a lot in grassroots and we can do as try and build it as much as we can, but we do also need that support from higher up too. And connecting with those retired swimmers, but you know, there's so many articles and it was a big thing a couple of years ago about these retired swimmers that all they know is swimming. Their identity is swimming. And then they come out to the real world and they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know who they are because they've lost that whole identity of who they are. These days they're bringing qualifications while they're still swimming and that's fantastic. But for those that don't, they come out and they're expected to work and they're expected to do things, but they've got no qualification behind them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the big thing, as I said before, when Andrew retired, it's, you know, it's all you know. It's what you know, back to front and inside out, is your whole life, your whole childhood, your whole, you know, early adult life is all in swimming. And I think we need to invest in that, you know, for our former athletes. Yeah, that's really, really good. I like that. Thank you. That's the last of my questions. And I think it's been amazing learning from yourself in regards to the emphasis that you've put on swimming, the the way you've built such a fantastic empire in swimming and the work you do with your swim schools, but also the passion and the knowledge and the sharing that you do with other swim schools in other areas. I can see that myself just how you've spoken here, the passion you bring out and the knowledge you have. I think it's amazing that you've taken the time to share that with the audience and I thank you so much. And I can't wait to see how you expand and develop further into your career. Thanks, Katrina. It's been lovely. Thank you.